Welcome to the next episode of Making Disciples, the podcast. In this podcast, we explore issues of the Christian faith, discipleship in real, simple language. We're trying to strip away the kind of clunky language that many of us don't understand and get to the nuts and bolts of what the Christian uh, faith is really about. So, so far we've looked at what is a disciple. We've looked at, you know, if God wanted to speak to us, how would he do it? He'd do it through the Bible. In this session, we're going to carry on that idea of how would God speak to us? How does God engage with us? And prayer is one of the key ways that God engages with his people. So friends, welcome to this next episode. And in this episode, we will be exploring prayer. many of us prayer feels really intimidating we feel like there is some secret tip that we need to somehow make our prayer life come alive and friends there isn't one Uh, prayer uh, doesn't have some secret formula that if you've been around the block long enough you're going to work it out or find it out Prayer is mega simple at its heart and overcomplicated by so many of us uh, so much of the time. Uh, The book of James, it's a beautiful letter. James was the brother of Jesus. We'll talk about that some other time. But Jesus' brother James writes in James 5.16, the prayers of a righteous person, you could say a holy person or a healthy person, is powerful and effective. The prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. But if many of us were honest with ourselves, we wouldn't feel like our prayers are that effective. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, me and my brother, we would go to my grandparents and in their uh, coal shed, uh, they had a stack of newspapers and we'd take some string and we would take some sticky tape and we'd get some newspapers and we'd make these paper swords and we would use them to fight each other in the garden. So imagine two, eight, you know, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old fighting in the garden with paper swords. And you can imagine after a very short space of time, those paper swords became very limp and saggy and they became more like whips than they were swords. I was clever though, because uh, in the shed, my granddad had... Uh, nails, he had screws, uh, he had a little bits of wood. And what I would do is I would fill my paper sword, that it was rolled up paper, stuff it full of a little bits of wood, uh, maybe a few screws in there, and it would have this much denser uh, kind of uh, feel to it. And when we would fight, I would fight my brother with this sword that was packed full of what I would describe as my secret weapon. Many of us feel like our prayers are like soggy newspaper in a a sword fight. They feel limp and soggy and they don't feel as powerful as they are or, you know, they should be. Um, The devil, friends, will always fight prayer because the devil knows it's the only thing that will fight him. Let me say that again. The devil fights prayer because he knows it's the only thing that will fight him. The devil wants to tell you and I that our prayers are not effective and therefore we give up. The devil wants to tell us prayer is too hard, so we give up. The devil wants us to be distracted by everything else, uh, the noises around us or what's going on 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 the internet or the TV. The devil wants to confuse us, overcomplicate so that we don't pray because he knows the only thing that will stop him is prayer. Uh, So friends, when you pray, 
Your prayers are not like soggy bits of newspaper. It's like you have got Excalibur in your hand. You have got a fencing sword or a bridge sword or a broadsword or a dagger in your hand. You've got a powerful weapon. And when you pray, this is what you are wielding in prayer, a powerful weapon. That's what God sees. You're a scalibur. Now, you might see a soggy bit of newspaper, a sword, a paper sword. But what God sees is a weapon that is powerful. And I want to just inspire you. I don't really want to, you know, it's always like I was about to say, I don't care how you feel about your prayer life. Now, of course I do. I don't mean it like that. But what I'm trying to challenge is, it doesn't matter how you feel about your prayers. It's how God feels about your prayers that is important. He is the powerful one. And when we pray and he hears our prayers, he is the one that responds. So I want to talk a little bit about prayer and different ways of, of seeing prayer and what's going on in prayer. And I want to try and explain it as simply as, as possible, really. Um, friends, every time you pray, you are saying something about your belief in God. Now, the size of your prayer says something about the size that you see of God. Now, if you if you believe that God is an old man with very little power, your prayers may shrink down to become very small prayers. But when you see God as this almighty, creative, dynamic power in the universe, your prayers will expand and grow to match your understanding of God. So if you want your prayers to be powerful, we have to change in our minds how we see uh, this powerful, dynamic being, the creator of the cosmos. The, the way we see Jesus, the way we see the spirit and the way that we see the father will shape how we pray. And friends, prayer should blow our minds because God should blow our minds. So if you struggle with prayer and you struggle with belief that prayer works, my challenge to you is this. Don't study more of prayer, study more of God. Understand how powerful God is and how mighty and loving and merciful and graceful and dynamic God is. And then you'll understand how prayer is dynamic as well. Because the Christian understanding of prayer is very different to uh, the understanding of prayer in all other world religions. Uh, all of the world religions have a slightly different understanding of prayer because we believe in a Trinitarian God. Now, the Trinity, boy, that's going to be a whole number of sessions on itself. How do we understand the Trinity? But in this session, I, I kind of just want to say this. The Trinity at the heart of God is a relational being with three persons all together. And uh, the Trinity is this dynamic bunch of relationships at work. Uh, we believe in one God revealed to us through three persons, uh, three dynamic relationships. The heart of God is a relationship that is inviting us into relationship. Now, we'll come back to that some other time because I don't want to kind of get distracted by that. But Christian prayer works in a unique way over other world religions. Uh, when many people pray, it's like they make a paper aeroplane and they're throwing this prayer up to heaven in the hope that their paper aeroplane may make itself into the heavenly realms. 
When we pray as Christians, we're praying with the dynamicness of the Trinity, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. And in Romans 8, 26, it tells us that the Spirit listens to our feeble expressions and then articulates them in, a, in an order to express the real intent behind our prayers. The Spirit knows what we're really trying to say. So if you feel like you're not articulating yourself well to God, that's fine because we're told the Spirit is listening and takes our feeble prayers and explains them in a way that really makes sense or really gives the real intent behind. And then we're told in Psalm 5 that the Son uh, mediates or uh, takes them to the Father who is the object of our prayer. We're, the one, we're praying to the Father and that Jesus is the one who takes these prayers and then relates them uh, to the Father. The special Son, the favoured Son, mediates on our behalf. And then we're told that the Father releases the power uh, that's needed for the response in the prayer. God is active in prayer with us. When we pray, the Spirit is praying, Jesus is praying, and the Father is responding. Now, I want to give you just a couple of maybe images that might help you. I've got a friend of mine, he's just amazing. He was born in Calcutta. His mum worked with Mother Teresa. Uh, and he's ended up in East London uh, as uh, a priest for many, many years. He's just an utter legend. And I was talking to him about prayer. And he says when he prays, he sits there in his prayer chair and he imagines taking a zipper. And, un you know, like a tent, if you want to get out the tent, you would unzip the zipper. And when you unzip the zipper, you then allow yourself to step out into this new space. In the same way in prayer, he says he takes his zipper. And as he says, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. It's like he's unzipping a wafer-thin divide between where he is and the throne room of God. And in prayer, we get to step into the throne room of God. It's like heaven and earth somehow leak and emerge together in prayer. Wherever you are, on the bus, uh, you're in work, you're at home, wherever, wherever you're sitting in prayer, just imagine that you're unzipping the zipper and stepping into the throne room of God. Now, wh where do we get the idea from? It's, it's kind of playing, it's riffing really on the story of Esther. Esther, in the story of Esther, needs to come before her king to petition the king for the release of her people. And it says that she comes with fear into the throne room of God and comes before the king to petition the king. And that's what we do. Now, we don't come with fear because we're robed in Jesus Christ. We are dressed as Jesus. You know, we told in John that, that Jesus is in us and we are in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. Uh, so we're kind of all wrapped up in Jesus. So we get to enter into the heavenly realms. We get to enter into the throne room of, in prayer. So prayer teaches us that God is immediate. God is right here. God never abandoned creation. God has never left it as alone. But in prayer, uh, we're able to have access to this incredible, creative, dynamic, loving, pioneering uh, being. Prayer teaches us this, that God is leaning in. God is leaning in. Your life, whatever is going on right now in your life, whatever struggles you are going through, prayer teaches us that God is leaning in to your life. He's interested in your life. 
that should be a bit of a drop the mic moment for many of us. God, the creator of the universe, is leaning in on whatever you are going through through prayer. Prayer also teaches us that God is all powerful and the evil one isn't. Some of us have got this crazy idea that God and the devil are equal uh, wrestlers or boxers or fighters, that they're equal, and it's it's going to be 50-50 who wins. Friends, ridiculous. God is all-powerful. The evil one is running scared. The battle is already done. Uh, we're taught in Scripture that God is more powerful than anything out there. We're told that Jesus is the light in the darkness. Darkness, friends, flees. It runs away where there is light. Where there is light, there is no darkness. And so prayer teaches us that God is all-powerful. The evil one isn't. Uh, prayer teaches us as well that God is known to us. God is a relatable being that we can get to know. A guy called Andrew Murray once wrote, some people pray just to pray and some people pray to get to know uh, God. So some people just pray for prayer's sake, but some people pray to get to know God. You can get to know the God, the creator of the universe. You can get to know Jesus in prayer. God is a relational being. Remember that Trinity, when we pray, we're praying with the Trinity. God is a relational being. And in prayer, we get to build a relationship. If you want a relationship with God, don't just turn up on a Sunday. If you want a relationship with God, you've got to turn up regularly to have that relationship with God. And it's a metaphor that's been overused. But if you want a relationship with a human being, you can't just turn up and have coffee with them once a week and during that coffee, sit there and play on your mobile phone. If you want to have a relationship with a human being, you have to turn up. You have to be present with them. You need to be there and attentive to them. You need to get to know how they think and how they behave and how they act so you become comfortable with each other, so you can share the reality of what you're really going through uh, together. Prayer teaches us that God can be known. He wants to know us. Uh, prayer also teaches us that God is a God of real love. Um, when you have your second or third child, or if you know somebody who's had their second or third child, when you have your second or third child, you don't divide your love you don't have a certain amount of love that you have towards child one. And then when child two comes along, you have to divide your love. Or when you have child three, you divide your love three ways. When you have more children in your life, your love multiplies. It expands. God sees everybody as the same. Each prayer, each person who prays is equally valued. The prayers of the Pope, the prayers of the Archbishop of Canterbury, the prayers of June who is a crossing lady outside the school, uh, the prayers of Bob, who's an electrician, the prayers of an eight-year-old girl, the prayers of a, a, a boy with learning difficulties, they're all equal. Nobody's prayers are more powerful than anybody else. Why? Because as we said before, the Spirit takes our prayers and makes them known to Jesus. He explains them or, or, or understands them in the way that our hearts are trying to explain them. So the Spirit makes sure that our prayers are equally valued, but they're not equally answered because they are uniquely answered. Our, our, so get this, our prayers are equally valued, but they, they are uniquely 
answered. God answers each of our prayers uniquely. Every prayer is a unique response to that prayer. The same two people, two people may pray the same prayer, but for each of their lives, it might look slightly different to have that response. Uh, the response may look different because they're uniquely uh, answered. God is tangible and tender. Think of ourselves as a child and God as a father. And in prayer, we get to sit up in the lap of God. Now, who is God? God the Father is the King of the universe, sits on the throne of heaven. We get to unzip the divide between heaven and earth. We get to go into the throne room and we get to climb up into our Father's lap because God is tangible and he is tender. Now, this, friends, is super important when we're talking about prayer. Understanding that we come before God, not uh, fearful with our heads bowed down low, but as friends is really important. Some of us have this idea that we are like beggars and we come before God to beg. So, uh, God, I'm praying for this situation. Please, God, would you respond? Oh, I beg you, God, would you respond? If you're praying like that, that's because you have an understanding of yourself that you are like an, a, a child who is orphaned. And this orphaned child is coming before the ruler to beg for more. You know, Oliver Twist, please, sir, can I have some more? But when we pray, we don't approach God as a beggar. We are approaching him as a prince. This is super important. Your identity and who you are in prayer is really important to understand. When you approach God, you are approaching him as an adopted son or daughter of the Most High. Which means you get to approach the king, climb up into his lap and uh, princes and princesses don't beg the king or the queen. Uh, they speak for the king and the queen. You know, we, we know in, in the Bible, uh, Jesus, uh, we're told that we're to be like ambassadors to the king. And an ambassador is able to proclaim things in a foreign kingdom representing the kingdom that they're from. When we pray, we get to proclaim things. It's like a prophetic proclamation over a space. So when you and I approach God, we don't come as prayer beggars, uh, but we come as children, princes and princesses, who get to proclaim and speak to the king. Now, just think about this for a moment. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, Queen of England, uh, two grandsons, Harry and William, when they come in to see the Queen, what is their position? Do they get to come and bow down and beg her or do they speak with their granny? Do they speak with this person who they have an intimate relationship with? And prayer is this space where we create an intimate relationship with God, where God gets to know us, we get to know God. And in this place of trust, we can start speaking uh, with the authority that we have as adopted sons and daughters. My, my next just final little image I want to give you before I, I kind of hit pause on this and let you just spend some time reflecting is this. Friends, prayer is always communal. You never pray on your own. If you ever feel lonely, prayer is the antidote to your loneliness. There's never a point in your life where it's possible to pray on your own. Let me read this to you. This is from Revelation 19. After this, it says, this is John's writing, after this, I heard what sounded like a roar of a great multitude in the heavenly realms shouting, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. 
for true and just are his judgments. I love that. I heard the sound of the roar of the great multitude. Friends, our past prayers, our present prayers, our future prayers, our prayers that were no more than tears, words could barely come out, all get caught up with the whispers and the whimpers. They get caught up with the prayers that are passionate. They get caught up with the prayers of Jesus and the Spirit. Our prayers get caught up with and entangled with the prayers of the saints. They get caught up with the prayers of the persecuted church. Uh, our prayers get caught up with those who have high faith and great faith. And they all become entangled together in the heavenly realms and what John is hearing, the sound of a heavenly roar as the great multitude in heaven are shouting hallelujah. <clears throat> in other words, our prayers get caught up with all the prayers of all the saints, of all the times. And all together appear in the heavenly realms and become this heaven's roar of prayer. You can never pray on your own because your prayers get caught up with the prayers of others. Uh, it is impossible for you and I to ever uh, pray on our own. And friends, that should encourage you. If you feel like your prayers are pretty rubbish, be encouraged that your prayers get caught up with the prayers of those that, that feel like they know what they're doing. Uh, or those that know that they're honestly just making it up. And they get caught up with the prayers of the persecuted and of the saints, and they become this heaven's roar in the heavenly realms. So just to recap, friends, prayer is this dynamic thing where we get to step into the heavenly realms. We get to approach God. Prayer is this incredible space where we have authority as adopted sons and daughters to speak with authority. Um, we get to represent God in prayer. You know, prayer is us, um, um, you know, coming before God and making these declarations. But I think there's also an element of like proclamation. As we pray, we're proclaiming uh, God's kingdom uh, over the planet as, as we're praying. And I want to end by saying this, friends, I think I'm coming to the conclusion that we are far too polite in prayer with our enemy. We're far too polite. We know that the evil one, and we'll talk about the evil one at some point. I, I tend to use the word evil one more than I do the word Satan. I, the, the evil one, um, it tries to not use his name. Uh, almost say, I'm not even going to. I'm not even bother using your name. Just gonna, I'm, I'm going to name you by what you do, not by who you are. So I, I have to say, um, we're far too polite when praying against the schemes of the evil one. And uh, it's like we say, oh, oh, please, would you not do that in my neighbourhood? Please, would you not meddle around with knife crime in my neighbourhood? Please, would you not meddle with marriages in my neighbourhood? We have the authorities adopted sons and daughters as we've approached the king in the heavenly realms to say, no chance. You have no place in my neighbourhood. Get your hands off my community. In prayer, we have um, authority. And I think sometimes we're just too polite. It's like we're begging rather than proclaiming. Lord, uh, friends, if you feel like your prayers are pretty pathetic, hear this. You see a soggy bit of newspaper wrapped up to make a sword. God sees Excalibur. God sees something very, very different. And I want to encourage you to just start practicing regular prayer. And I would say, uh, if you're not used to praying, just pray for two minutes every day. Just for two. If you, have you ever heard of couch 
to 5k run and you do this by doing a little bit each day and you build up you build up you build up your confidence you build up your stamina do the same with prayer guys if you don't pray pray for two minutes and then every day just pray a two minute prayer two minute prayer and then make it four minute prayer make it four minute prayer and then make it five minute prayer and, and slowly just build up and for me um a relationship doesn't happen once a day it happens throughout the day i am texting my wife during the day, how's your day going today uh, what are you thinking about this evening? Uh, I'm texting her all day because I want a relationship with her through the day. Even though um, she's at work, I'm at work. I want a relationship. So uh, for me, it's not about having an hour-long prayer every morning. It's about having regular moments of stopping and saying, "God, um, this is what's going on." So. Uh, I have a, a, a watch that's an electronic watch, and it pings up uh, every two hours a little message that says "breathe," and it's meant to tell me to just stop and have a moment to pause. I use this to pray, and every time it, it just pings up "breathe," I just take a moment, whatever I'm doing, breathe, and I just say, "Lord, I'm just checking in on you." I'm just checking in and saying, Lord, would you be involved with what's going on right now? Uh, give me wisdom to know how to navigate what's happening and give me the patience that I need and the strength that I need. Lord, if there's anything you want to say to me, tell me. But Lord, I just want to hand this moment to you. And I regularly do that. And I want to encourage you to try doing that. Uh, just regularly during the day, having these like stop moment prayers where you say, uh, God, just checking in. Friends, my name is Chris Rogers and I've been your host on Making Disciples Today, Looking at Prayer. We're going to continue to think about how God might want to speak to us and engage with us. We're going to do this by looking at his presence uh, next week, how God wants to be present uh, to us in our daily lives. I hope you'll check that out. Podcasts like this are really difficult to get people to listen to because they just don't know they exist. So what I would love, if you've enjoyed this podcast or you found something helpful, would you write me a little review? Uh, would you give it uh, five stars? Would you give it a thumbs up? Would you share it? Would you tell friends about it? Uh, I'm trying to use real simple language to explain uh, some quite deep and profound things. I want us all to kind of catch up and be in the same place together, knowing who we are in God. Uh, and I'd love you to share this with others and, uh, and just make sure that uh, that uh, we're kind of hitting people far and wide with this podcast as we grow and make disciples. So friends, until next time, grace and peace.